0: Friendless is a proud member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network, which is sponsored in part by Connexus Credit Union and Direct West. Hello there, sweeties. It's me, your old pal James Abermenko, back with a brand new episode of Friendless, the only show that teaches you how to be a better friend by losing every friend you have. This week, I unfriend improviser and fellow podcast junkie, Karen Johnson-Diamond. we discuss the magic of theater spaces, the improv roots of pro wrestling, breakfast profiling, and so much more. It's a ton of fun and you're going to love it. So let's dive right in, lean back, get comfy, and enjoy my interview with Karen Johnson-Diamond here on Friendless. Karen Johnson-Diamond. How the hell are you today? It's been, it's been, it's been some time, not as long as others, but it's been some time.
1: It's been some time. I'd like to guess it's, I don't remember the last time I saw your face. Right. When did you move?
0: Well, okay. So this is the thing. And this is actually what I want to start with. um, I want to start with a question to you, but I will answer your question. (laughs) Is that, (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we moved almost four years ago now it was four years it'll be four years in October which is wild to me yeah uh, that it was just like we were like yeah it's just gonna be a little hop skip and then it was like oh my god I'm I'm it's been four goddamn years um wow but you know what um so so I like to start you know episodes with a question about uh your most vivid memory of our friendship but I will caveat that slightly with you because we did have one little crossover since I moved and I don't know if you remember this, when, uh, I guess this was about two years ago now, when the, uh, shit, is it the Push Festival? Um, that's run under the kaleidoscope? Not Push. Um,
1: Push is Vancouver, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's why I was like,
0: it's not Push. It's in Calgary. It was a, it was a not kaleidoscope. It was in the Kaleidoscope oh. Theater. Uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on it now. No, no,
1: no. I know I know what you mean. Uh, uh, the, the, the one that happens every... Magnetic North?
0: No, no. Uh, it was like a. It was like a, it's like a youth theater program. Um. Oh my God, I'm an asshole. Forgetting about this. Uh. Jason Memmel runs it. Why am I forgetting this?
1: Oh, ignite. Ignite.
0: Thank you. <laughs> um. I I applied for the ignite fest a couple of years ago and got in with a little poetry thing. And I was just in town, like just real quick. I literally did my poem and basically left. And you were hawking books in the, in the lobby.
1: Oh my gosh. Right Good for you. Wow. That's right. We've crossed once then since then.
0: One time. We had this long conversation. It was amazing. I think we talked for like an hour and a half just like shooting the shit and like just ignoring everyone else.
1: <laughs> <But> <laughs> well, that that makes it sound like I wrote books and that I was hawking and shilling my books in the... Uh, can you imagine? I mean, you uh, don't no, have to clarify have this, that. <laughs> oh, I will clarify it because it's fun if, it's fun if other people know that because right. Concrete Theatre in Edmonton yes. has a deal with the play uh, playwrights Canadian press playwright Can- mm.
0: sounds right Canadian playwrights nope playwrights Can- playwrights of Canada playwright
1: Canada press oh. <laughs> oh my god we're on a really strong start <laughs> <laughs> playwrights Canada press and they as a fundraiser concrete tries to amplify those plays and, yeah. and get them sold throughout Canada so that the playwrights get a little money and then concrete gets a little money so Mm -hmm. i as the calgary south alberta rep Mm -hmm. was selling those plays i loved loved doing it It because then i got to have long conversations with people
0: totally well and it was i mean it was like it was literally the 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 best of my two favorite worlds, which is theater and books. And so I was just like, "Oh yes, please! I will buy a pile of these. Thank you very much." You know. And I have
1: I have thousands of them. Yeah. In my office here, because I can't be selling them during pandemic. Like I have a bookshelf full of brand new Canadian plays. Yeah, yeah. Am I taking the pandemic time to read them? No. No. Of course I don't know
0: not. Why. No. No. Of course not. No. Why would you do that? No. Why. <laughs> Um, but I want to I want to flip the script on you though. And Karen, I want to ask you what is your most vivid memory of our friendship?
1: My I have a couple, but they're all exactly the same. And it was usually (laughs) me, you working at Lunchbox Theater or ATP and me begging you to change my tickets or let (laughs) me in something that was full, or you know, like it's terrible when you get acquainted with someone and then and then you've worked at the theater. Because I think I worked at ATP when you were there. Yeah. And I think I worked at Lunchbox when you were there. Because we had dirty laundry at Lunchbox. Yeah. Um. So then it was like, oh, you know, you'll do this for me. Yep. yep. <laughs> and I mean, in all honesty, like, we haven't had this huge, deep, long friendship. No. But then I felt guilty going, I'll take... like I I, am I taking advantage of a friendship by asking you this stuff but I just feel my most vivid memory is you always saying yeah I can do that yes that's fine no problem Karen
0: (laughs) well you know it's funny uh, uh, um because I never I I you know short of like sellout days of lunchbox which were um were never actually that stressful right because it's like it's only 100 people it's a small theater you know and so i i I remember i remember getting that job and and uh mark and sam being like you know it can get pretty busy some days we we, we'll get sellouts and and i'm like it's 100 people it's 100 <laughs> you know it will it's not will be okay right
1: and how much was atp
0: 500 uh, somewhere in that range yeah 500 you know it was like i think yeah. we'll i think i'll we'll manage but um yeah. but no i'm not trying to be like ah ha ha, ha but it's just no, you no, know no, one no. of those like but... you know 100 people is a much smaller number but um but the nice thing about you is you would never be doing this on those days and those are the oh, only good. days those were the only days when i couldn't do that because every other day it's like of course we just put a chair in if at, at worst um, at best, it's like yeah, of course, because when there's a hundred-person s- show that isn't sold to a hundred, it feels like you're in a black hole, right? So it's yeah. like, of course, yes, get bodies in, please come yeah. in, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Uh,
1: so yeah, my most vivid memory of you is you doing things for me. <laughs> <laughs> I hey, think that's a good memory to have of somebody. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. You know, they say uh, they say the 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 quickest way to get somebody to like you is to do them a favor. Oh no, sorry, it's to it's to ask them a favor. That's what it is. It's ask them a favor. So maybe that's why I like you so much because you're always asking me favor. <laughs> uh,
1: listen, my dog needs walking, James, uh, and uh, you know also what? my windows are filthy.
0: <laughs> you know I would. I would, but I am in a different province right now. What? So, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those I remember reading this years ago. It was like one of those like um not like how to be a reverse psychology person but it was one of those like weird things you wouldn't think connect you to people and one of them is when you ask people favors I want to say it's something even more bizarre like when you ask people favors but they can't do it they like you more (laughs) it's like this weird yeah yeah it's like this weird like levels of like Oh, they want my help, but I can't help them. So they're in some position in my brain now of like, I and think they're I like understanding
1: about the fact that I can't help them. See, my I would think the opposite. I would think I'm going to do a random thing for you. Yeah, like I'm going to go above and beyond in service to you, and that you will like me more. Isn't that right. funny? But no, you're you're right. I remember more times you doing things for me than me ever doing. I don't think I ever did anything for you, <laughs> and you never will. <laughs>
0: never.
1: <laughs> Cause soon we will be unfriended.
0: Right, exactly, and then and then that's the end of it, you know. But but yeah. let's but let's um. So you know, we've mentioned we've mentioned you know, lunchbox theater, Alberta Theater Projects, um, and 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 this all sort of is 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 two of the big theaters in the in the theater or in the in the Calgary theater network, um, that you are very much a part of. That is where we sort of met, and and what I want to hear about is look, okay, we're only, we only have an hour. So I understand this is very much like a Coles note kind of thing, but, <laughs> um, but like you have your, y- you know, your influence in so many sections of this community and, oh, and that's nice of you what i really like to hear about. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I mean, you're very much somebody who is an example of like, yeah you know you 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 get work but you also make work you know and that's something that's really that's always really impressive and I think that's something that's so important for for canadian artists to to do right um and so this is my like super long winded roundabout way of sort of talk asking you about how you initially sort of let's start here how you initially started to get into theater and and what sort of drew you into that world
1: oh wow. Uh, Okay. There was a theatre company that lived, that existed in Edmonton 35, almost years ago, called Small Change Theatre. Jan Henderson, uh, Jan Smith, Robert Astle, I think. Jan Taylor. Jan, Jan, and Robert. Uh, And it was a mask and mime uh, company. They were just delicious. I had no interest, like I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. And then When I was in grade 11, so 16, I suppose, my mom said, oh, there's this little company's coming to do a show at your high school. Let's go. And I was like, I don't want to go back to my high school at nighttime when I don't know how to be there. I just left at four (laughs) o'clock. And it was this beautiful show called One Beautiful Evening. And it's three characters, all mass characters. And they're not... neutral masks there's some kind of mask that you really do see a bit of an expression in but Mm -hmm. it's still malleable Mm -hmm. and the story was old man lives by himself and waters his plant every day Hmm. old woman lives by herself and drinks her tea every day and every Wednesday they this is a completely like they have no dialogue at all this is like an 80 minute show of silence and they they get their stuff ready and they go to bingo on Wednesday nights and they have very specific ways that they lay out their cards and they have little uh, good luck charms, et cetera. And then over the course of a couple of bingo nights, they start to notice each other and, and he does kind things for her like pulling out her chair or whatever, or Mm -hmm. she shows him when he's missed stamping a number. Uh, And then there's a, you hear a voiceover of the bingo caller. Right. And then there's a third character that walks in and he's this tall, lanky cowboy and she's all like, ooh, 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 ooh. but she's 80 and he's 30, but she's all like, ooh, ooh, ooh. and the old <laughs> man gets a, like sad and jealous, but then re- she's like, no, 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 that was just yeah. niceness. You I I really like. And then in the end they um they are Together in some way, like he more enjoys watering his plant and she more enjoys having tea. And if I remember correctly, maybe he brings her a plant and she makes him tea. I can't mm. remember. But I watched that show and went, Oh, I want to do that for my life. Yeah. Like I had no concept. Like I've always been stupid in, in every skit and, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, comic class clown or whatever. Sure. But it wasn't until that show. So, uh, I, the next year or the next semester I signed up for every single drama class that I could. Mm. And that was the start. And then I had a great teacher that put me in the fringe and I ended up in a comedy troupe and, uh, went to Red Deer college. I was the first ever graduate of Red Deer college's theater arts diploma program, wow. which they have now canceled. Cause I was the only second year cause they, I, I went the very first year. Like I had two years of a BA working at, at Redger College and then they announced this program but because I had most of the first year courses already they enrolled me as a second year so there was like huh. 16 first years and me so I graduated by myself and then I worked in Edmonton for a few years and then uh, met my husband fell in love moved to Calgary and then I've been working here I've been here 20, uh, now, eight years now 28 wow. years
0: and, and 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 what's the like what is the deal with all these colleges canceling these, these like fine arts programs and these performing My arts programs? My heart breaks.
1: Is it My, like, I is worry, it... I, I worry because it's lack of enrollment. Right. A, okay. I think it's a terrible, vicious circle mm-hmm. in that the lack of enrollment leads to
0: like lower quality kind of programming <laughs> I, kind of thing. Or I don't like...
1: think so. No, I think it's that people are led to believe or, I have to back up maybe a bit that the Canadian culture or the Alberta culture is mm. doesn't yet uh, value the art of theater Mid-time. or music because the music program at RDC is gone too yeah. enough that students think oh that's something I could make a living doing right and so they don't enroll in then the schools say oh I'm not going to have this program then if it's such low enrollment mm-hmm. so
0: well it's that funny thing too of like when we have to you know because like being an artist is sort of the antithesis to a career. Like you're not really like, I don't find that the drive to be creative is the same motivation to have a job. Um, Because I think, I think that we, I think that we get a job because we have to, because we, you know, like in, in the sense that like we need to eat and we need rent and we need clothes on our back. And, you know, and I, I have to impress my wife with flowers or, you know, like but like, uh, but the the need to be an artist is a completely different impetus. Oh, yeah. It's a completely different imperative because it's it's. Um, I find you know like like job. This is maybe too reductive, but it's like a job is like an isolating event, whereas art is supposed to be a connective event. It's supposed to be oh, something that, a great
1: that way to say it. Yeah. right?
0: You know, it's supposed to be something that is given to someone else, whereas a job takes. You know, because I'm taking my money and I'm taking my product productivity and da 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 da. And so, like to to shoehorn the attitude of wanting to be an artist onto get a job, get a haircut, you know, like, you know, be productive in society is it's never going to work to me, you know, and so it's it's kind of a tragedy that these colleges and these universities even um don't don't push like creativity more than than just yeah. like, you know, you know, it's cuz it, it comes back to this thing for me like I actually don't personally think that universities should offer like should offer theater and these kinds of things i don't think that you need a degree in theater i think that you need experience in theater and so it's like i believe in theater schools you know what i mean and i believe in the you know and and i actually think i think a college level would be a better level for theater than a university because it's cheaper you know and like if we're in an if we're in a culture that doesn't value the the living you know the ability to live as an artist then why would i spend university level tuition right
1: yeah yeah that yeah i that's yeah that you know people will talk about what school did you go to oh well if you went to this school you're much better than someone yeah. who went to this school who gives and a i shit. go you know what if you're born with it and you have the talent you yeah. could go to sparrow fart kentucky and take exactly. your drama degree and you'll be fine right that's just it right it's, it's yeah. experience
0: it's like it's like well what what do you want to do and what can you do and what have you done you know and yeah. i don't think and, you know
1: Here's the thing. It's never been more evident to me than during this pandemic, how far down on the rung of importance it sits for Gingo. people other than Mayor Nenshi.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. Who's leaving? So who
1: gives yeah. a shit, right? <laughs> or Rachel Notley, right? right yeah, Goes uh, sure. to uh, value it, but it's so interesting because I have yet to hear Every single time our um, chief medical officer and our premier talk about what's going on in with the pandemic, Mm -hmm. it's always a list of the only way they mention arts and culture in any way is to say concerts or festivals. And that's not to say that music isn't amazing, too. But I wonder if they've stepped foot inside a lunchbox theater and being and being impacted by something or enjoyed something do they ha- mm-hmm. they have no concept i think they have no concept i no. hate getting political like i'm <laughs> never political and we'll talk about that about <laughs> facebook but it's just this like i i've heard i think jason kenny say theater once
0: on <laughs> you motherfucker
1: but dr hinshaw is starting to sort of build in sure. theaters into her va- vocabulary. but sure. um yeah, well, and I especially
0: see. when you hear about grouping, they whenever they talk about group gatherings, they always say churches. They always say indoor gatherings at churches. Yep. It's never earned indoor gatherings at a theater. Or because hobby. why would it? Yeah, right. It's like, oh, yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. We can get back to the saddle dome soon so that we yep. can watch the hobby planes lose churches. again. <laughs> <You know>?
1: yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's bumming me out. And yeah. everybody is trying to push that message of during this pandemic, what did you turn to? You turn to your books, you turn mm-hmm. to Netflix, you blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. people don't make that connection to, I don't think, to, I'm watching Ben Affleck on Netflix to this young emerging artist in Calgary yep. could be putting on this great play for me. They don't connect the dots. Yeah, You're either a famous actor or author or, or you're nothing or what. Yeah. Right. So but it's also- I don't know. I don't mean to speak for every Albertan. I just mean that the, f- it's, it, the words theater or perf or performance or yeah. acting Uh, have come up so few times in Mm -hmm. discussion with with people in pandemic
0: well you know what though too is that uh i'm more than happy to speak for the general population of canadians in general is that i don't think we have a canadian audience that actually has a understanding of theater i don't think we've cultivated a culture that breeds an audience that has any interest and so we um you know it's you know it's it, it, it's it's and that's a double-edged sword because i think that that's uh, that's contempt in in both directions because i think that theater creators you know you always hear oh all the gray hairs are out again but it's like those <sighs> those fucking gray hairs that you're so contemptuous of are the only ones who know what they're looking at when they yes. go to theater we don't have a culture younger than gray hairs to that, that even know what it means to be on stage, unless you went to theater school, like you say, I'm 100% in, in agreement with you. You know, and and it's so frustrating that it's like, what is it going to take to cultivate a culture that values not just theater but art, you know, that values creativity and values, um you know, and, and I I see this across Canada. That's why I don't think this is an Alberta problem. I think this is a Canadian issue. I don't think that Canadian culture values things that aren't um seen as productive and we don't see art as productive you know we're still very much a we're still very much like a labor population right where you know we're the lumberjack we're the miner we're the mm-hmm. fisherman we're the firefighter you know it's like it's it, we're we're a things people right you know we did a thing and here's my thing and aren't i so big tough mountain forest man right and 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 how dare you have feelings <laughs> you know like don't you dare ever have a feeling ever you know. Um, and so I think it's in a two direction thing, right? Where, where, you know, we have we have artists struggling, but we also have no audience and I don't know how to break that well, wall, right?
1: And you know what? I can't blame, I can't blame anyone because no. I, I, I'm never interested in going to a hockey game. I don't watch hockey. Sure. I don't watch sports. I'm not a sportser and I don't watch people sportsing.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: So it's, ha. it's, I just think there's a, like, it's, it's everybody's each to their own. Yes. I just wish that during this time, we were considering everybody's each and own, and not just the big, huge money-making each and own. Exactly.
0: Well, so this is the thing. Uh, I always see this commercial these days from Canadian Tire, and it's like, could you imagine a world without sports? Yeah. Pretty unbelievable, right? Yeah. (laughs) I know. I always go like easy you know but it's like I want to like where the where is the Canadian tire campaign for like could you imagine a world with art art well you wouldn't have a fucking commercial then you know like it's it it, it, you know and so it's like it's Uh like you know like this 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 attitude of like I couldn't live without sports because sports build character and sports build community and sports build confidence in children and I'm like you're literally listing all the things that arts do for us as well
1: you, yes, you thank just don't you. like
0: them, you know, and 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 for some reason you you don't value it, right?
1: And Jenica and I, will tell you about this, but Quest Theater, for I don't know how many years, I worked with their artists in residency program, where four artists would go into a 300 student school, and over the course of a week, put the kids into a production of a Shakespeare play. Yeah. And so, I could walk into a school, and by the time I walk out, there are grade one kids who can tell me the story of Midsummer Night's Dream and speak uh, Shakespearean English, because we don't do it in regular English, we ask Mm -hmm. them to speak Shakespearean English, who sometimes say, I want to read another Shakespeare, or Mm -hmm. what other stories has this guy written? Stories. And who get up on stage and express themselves. What? Like, how is that not? the best freaking thing in the world. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's the best thing in the world.
0: It really is. And and you know and I and I mean I and I also like, you know, I come from both sides. You know, I enjoy sports. I love sports. I I, I don't play them, but I love watching them. I I understand the I understand the community. I totally get it. True. I get why people like going. It's a communal thing, it's a tribal yeah. thing. You get in your things, you're yelling, you're cheering. It's why I love pro wrestling. Pro wrestling is the best of both worlds. It's sports and theater. and it's acting. The yes. Yeah. Right? You know, it's the best thing in the whole wide world. Um I I honestly feel like if everybody liked pro wrestling, there would be peace on earth because it, it's the blending of both, right. It's <laughs> arts and sports, you know, but, but, um, but it's like, you know, yeah, I just can't help but feel like it's this cultural conditioning where it's like, you're, you're conditioned to, you know, cause it's like, you know, you move to Calgary and you are told you are now a Calgary Flames fan. You're a Calgary Stampeders fan. You're yeah. whatever. Right. You know, but when you move to Calgary, you're not told you're now a theater Calgary fan. Or right. you're now an ATP fan. You're not given, like, logo T-shirts and jerseys and, and beer hats with Lunchbox <laughs> logos on them, right? You know, And so, like, part of me gets it, right? Like, part of me gets why that audience isn't being cultivated, you know? Because we don't have the same branding and the same messaging that the sports that... faculties do, you know?
1: What if we did? What if we made those ball caps with Lunchbox with the two water bottles on the side and the straws that came down? You remember, were you working at ATP when they did the Theo Fleury story playing with fire? Just, I
0: I was was just after that, but I know it, I know the show well.
1: So, sitting in that audience, and for your listeners, it was a one man show of Theo Fleury's story of of surviving sexual assault. And it's uh, Sean Smythe on rollerblades i think, I think and think so, he's, yeah. he's playing hockey through the whole 90 minute one person show no he was even longer because there was an intermission yeah either way the whole set was made to look like the back of a hockey arena and it bled into the audience mm-hmm. like they had banners in the audience and they had the flames that go up when someone gets a goal and people were cheering and i went this is it this is the perfect blend like this yeah. It was getting people in the theater that didn't go because they were hockey fans. And then a couple of years ago, Darcy Evans, bless his heart, programmed the Great Canadian Curling Club. I Mm -hmm. think it was called. Same thing. There was so many people in that audience because they were on curling teams and not because they were theater player. But like I've started to think we need more. Oh, and then uh, Glory was another one about the old female hockey team. Yeah. Like I just think there needs to be more sportsing match theater.
0: Well that's I I'm with you 100%. I think that like I think that there's too much of a divide. But I mean look, you know, like we're we're an in, entirely segmented population now. Everything's segmented, everything's isolated, everything's, you know, separate from everyone else, but I I'm right there with you. I think that one of the ways we could, you know, and, and it's not like you shouldn't make a 6 season or a 6 show season all sports shows, but like there does need to be these more like you know somebody's got to reach out right somebody's got to build the bridge if if we want that bridge if we want to grow and if we want like like somebody's gonna have to blink right you know and so like why not it be us why not make more of these connections why not make more of these shows um it doesn't have one to one the, all of them but it you know it could help right
1: one of the theater companies in Calgary that is long running, fifteen years long, I think, and has a very stable and loyal audience. Is Fire Exit, right. which is um, I don't think faith based theater company is the way to describe it, but it is stories about faith, right? But it's not it's not a a preaching theater. It's just a story that happens to involve somebody's <clears throat> faith or lack of that right. for that matter. Um, so there's another crossover. That mm-hmm. is, and then Evil Dead. So theater and zombies, right? Yes,
0: yeah, exactly. Well, and that's just it too. There's so much more to it than just like you know. They don't know the hell. I have to be hockey shows, or, but like you could like like I think I think theater has become really. Um, I think theater's forgotten what it's capable of, right? Because I think mm. that um, you know you talk about like that that show affecting you and the masks and like I can remember it, it, I can remember as a little kid growing up in Calgary and seeing a one-man-masked Macbeth. And it being, like, the most incredible thing I'd ever seen. You know, I'd wow. never seen anything like it. I was in grade, like, two. And I became, like, one of those kids you described where I was like, I want to read another Shakespeare. What? Of course, I, I then tried, and I was like, oh, no, this is no, no. Better, very hard. you need the you right know? person to, bring, yeah, it to, you, yeah, right to exactly, bring it to you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And yeah. that person was, but then, you know, me sitting down to try and read King Lear in grade three was <laughs> not going to happen, you know? But <laughs> I think
1: that's a podcast in itself. Grade three <laughs> kids read Shakespeare. And then Actually, try though, to, uh, but you know what? Like, it's not, it's not a bad idea.
0: It's not, it's not. But it's like, it's like, it's like finding those connective tissues and finding those inroads to other, you know, like you say, you know, Evil Dead, you know, finding new connective tissue to um, to bring people back to theater because um, theater right now to me is, um, has forgotten what it is. You know, theater isn't a movie. Theater isn't um, a, a song. It isn't a, a YouTube video. You know, if you want, like, like, um, I was I was use this example of like, you know, the big revolution in like the in the 40s and the 50s in theater was like realism, right? Kitchen sink plays was look back in anger and all these things, and it was such a revelation to like see inside the living room of of modern people, right? And it was a big thing, you know, right? Exactly, you know, Stella, you know, all that shit, right? You know, we don't need that on stage anymore because we now have YouTube. we, we don't we, what YouTube is today is what look back in anger was in the 1950s. So theater to survive needs to understand what it's communicating now. And because there are things that theater can do that, that, you know, YouTube can't. And, and this, this comes back to that thing you were saying about um, audiences not knowing what they're looking at Um, because people show up to theater and they think it's a movie. So they talk and they make noise and they jeer and, you know, and it's like, no, like that's a living person in front of you. And you don't understand that because you're used to YouTube. You know, and I'm not saying this is not me like this is not me pro clutching and say YouTube is the, the 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 fall of civilization or anything. I think no, no. YouTube's an incredible platform and super useful and TikTok's incredible, you know. But um but theater needs to remember what it only it can do, you know. Well and here's
1: the thing though, I'm okay if somebody wants to jeer like one of my favorite Mm -hmm, things mm -hmm. about vertigo is people in the audience going oh did you hear that he said that phone hasn't (laughs) rung in 25 years that's not where he put down the key before like i love that stuff i love when kids react during a show like quest theater show or a storybook show when they're like shocked by something here's my favorite theater story of the last two years which is again great canadian curling club i hope i'm saying that title right um the Darcy Evans show that he programmed uh, has, I don't know if you had a chance to see it. I'm not sure. But oh, I didn't know. Uh, new, new Canadians have joined a curling club and a no. crankety old man played by Duval Lang is, is their coach. Hmm. And he's like, you guys can't learn curling. Uh, and they all blend. They all come from the same place of I'm not from here. I don't know this sport. Some of us haven't seen ice, whatever. Right. But they come together and become this amazing team and win over Duval Lang. At some <laughs> point, there is um Sepidar was playing. I can't remember Sepidar's last name. Anyway, this brilliant actress in Calgary, and again, a new Canadian, new Calgarian herself within the like, I think last 10 years. She's a person she's speaking Farsi on the mm. phone to her family at home. And she's talking and she's in English so that the audience can figure out what she's saying so she started the conversation in Farsi she bleeds to English she goes back to Farsi as sort of an in and out for the audience so we know basically the conversation at the end of it she says something in Farsi about the coach and four people in the audience screamed Mm. with laughter (laughs) and I went that was just for them. That's yeah. a moment just for them. And then I yeah. had to find them at intermission and say, "What did, what did she say? Like, what was the thing?" And apparently, as yeah. she had said, "Oh yeah, he's kind of an asshole." Yeah. But it was just that <laughs> moment where I went, "What brilliant programming! What a brilliant live theater mm-hmm. moment!" Mm-hmm. Where. Uh, like 400 other people wish they knew what those four people knew or what they got out of that moment. Oh right.
0: God. Yeah. Well, and that's just it. I don't mean, I, I don't mean to imply like you have to be silent and respectful, I, no, because no, no. It's like, but, but there's, you that, respect cause there's it. that.
1: You have to be respectful of it. Yes. yes.
0: And, and especially because like, you know, uh, I often talk about like the ritual of theater and I often talk about like, it's a, it's a, it's a spiritual place. It really is. If you treat the theater with spiritual respect, it'll give that back to you. And it can be a magical place when you do that and and you're spot on because because that's that kind of moment you're, you're never going to get that on youtube because you're never going to be watching a youtube with 300 people right but you're going to have yeah. these magic r- almost ritualistic moments with your tribe right you know and and for that night your tribe is is your theater audience you know and yeah. for me I, in, Cal- in one of my favorite memories in calgary was the premiere of butcher and, <gasps> and- oh <no. laughs> And, and like and there were just there was moments i i i, I can't I, there was a couple No, now me and and the guy i was with we were we had been to the there was like an opening reception we'd gotten some free champagne so it, it it's cloudy for me i will admit but um <laughs> <laughs> but there are but there was just a couple moments where i remember the whole room gasping yeah. and it was like you know and like and there's nowhere else where you get that there's nowhere else in the world where you get that kind of that kind of feeling of 300 people feeling the same thing at once you know and And, yet
1: if you go to a movie and you're sitting in a movie theater with 300 other people and something shocking happens and most of the audience screams yes it's it's a moment that happened, but we're kind of self-conscious about the it's fact that we just different. did that. But if it's... you're in the theater when 300 people all go, huh, yeah. you're right. There's just something about it happening live.
0: During the pandemic, I, and I realize you were doing this pre- previous, but but um, but these are these are some of your ongoing projects at the moment. Has been to uh podcasts that you've been doing um one with with your son as a co-host uh which is the the breakfast dish Mm -hmm. and then the other one is okay let me try and get this one right bridging the gap between generations who assume things about each other
1: you got it perfect yes i read it (laughs) (laughs) Guess what it's about? Just guess.
0: Ah, uh, you know what? I'm gonna assume there's some gray hairs in there. Is that? Is that...
1: <laughs> <laughs> what we're trying to do, and this might seem surprising, is we're trying to bridge the gap between generations who assume things about each other. That's what we're but here's So, what the was the what was the sort of impetus of that show? Well, here's here's a little backup. I was not doing any podcasting before pandemic and also there's three podcasts because stephanie oh, wolf and i who are doing bridging the gap are yeah. also doing scam time so that's
0: right i'm okay i missed that I, like, I was scrolling up your facebook so yeah, it I was doesn't going matter your, I know. it
1: doesn't matter but yeah in the last year and a half i've begun co-hosting three podcasts and i'm exhausted
0: yeah <laughs> like
1: if, uh, and also because i can't um because i'm doing all the editing because i can't yet sort of um, share that knowledge with Steffi. Sure. So K- Griff and I take turns uh, editing The Breakfast Dish, but with the other two, it's me. So I'm desperately behind right now, and I admit it. But what, what the <laughs> impetus was, was during the last t- – here's the thing. It's, okay, I'm going to try to tell this story short. About 11 years ago, my stepfather died, mm. and my mother and I went out and did this sort of extras background gig And it was the worst gig we've ever done in our lives. And I was trying to sort of remove her from the grief of losing her husband. And we went out and did this horrible, horrible job. And I got back from this horrible job and I fell into the worst depression. Like I would not get out of bed for three weeks. And then Trevor Lee said to me one day, well, we should go for coffee and play Scrabble. You know, like, let's not play online. Let's play live. So I dragged my ass out of bed. It was November. Went and played Scrabble and went, oh, this is what I needed. I needed this so bad. So mm-hmm. then it led to anytime I had to have a meeting with someone or visit with someone, I did it over breakfast. So then I started to take pictures of the people I had breakfast with. And then that became on Facebook, the breakfast series. That's where is, I know it from. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Me taking pictures of people I had breakfast with, and then talking about who they were on Facebook so that the general broad of uh, other people might know them and what they do because if somebody said to me well my fight choreography and I'm like I didn't know you were a fight choreographer I got to tell people about that because people need fight choreographers whatever yeah yeah uh but then in stay away from each other times we can't go to restaurants so Mm -hmm. uh I was just looking for a way to sort of keep that going and Griff Griff was uh Asked by Verb Theater, Jamie Dunstan at Verb Theater, if, she, if he had anything to offer to the Blue Light Festival, which was their online festival that was already programmed long before any germs arrived. Right. Um. So we said, well, what about this? So we did the Blue Light Breakfast Series for four months, interviewing all the people that were doing their show for the Blue Light Festival. Right. So then it morphed into the Breakfast Dish, which is it's stay away from each other times, but people are presenting art. And how can you find it and how can you consume it? So we we'll, mm. it's all about interviewing people who are making podcasts or making radio plays or are doing their plays outside, who are videoing high schools that are videoing, whatever. Mm-hmm. And just trying to send more people to see the stuff they're doing online um, during a time when you can't go see it live. I'm just trying yeah. to, that's basically what it is. So the two yeah. of us just trying to promote that art. And eventually- um we're going to transition to just where we talk to someone just to introduce them to the world because right. hopefully the pandemic will be over but right for, do you think right you're going to move on
0: it's... to like do you think you're going to start doing like at, recording at breakfast kind of thing or like
1: Well I'd love to right like yeah yeah like, in our in our episode that was released yesterday I said that to Griffin and he went I think that would be terrifying because everyone's going to be having like like really rowdy breakfasts now that we can all do it again <laughs>
0: That's very true, actually. Like, Although I was yeah, I, I was also thinking, like, as soon as I said it, I was like, that's such a cool setup. I'll never be able to listen to it, though, because I have really bad misphonia. So, our, so our yeah, I think it's called misphonia, where it's like, I get really bad, like, just like, m- mouth sounds really bother me. Oh, yeah. Right? You know, that, like, the glottal stuff and, like, the clinks and the chews and the, like, oh, yeah. if, if, no. if somebody's mouth is too juicy, I, I like, I have to turn it <laughs> off, you know? Like, yeah. Because I'll hear it all. I can hear like the back of their throat working, you know?
1: That's like, the name of your autobiography. If someone's mouth is too juicy, I turn it off. James <laughs> Evermanco story.
0: I'm like the opposite of those ASMR videos. I'm like, oh God, get away from me. I was Don't- just gonna
1: say I yeah. only just learned what ASMR was like right. three months ago.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. a whole it's a whole cottage industry. People are yeah. into it. And I think those people are perverts. <laughs> <laughs> Direct West is a proud partner of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Is marketing getting in the way of running your business? Things like updating your Google listing, thinking of a headline for a billboard, or making sure your website is in good shape. That's where Direct West comes in. You can get local, expert marketing help for your business at directwest.com. Connex's credit union is all about their members. Improving their financial well-being drives everything they do. And that's not something they say. That's something I say. (laughs) It's a promise that's delivered by over 900 employees across Saskatchewan. Their employees are members, too, and they've been there. So they're committed to making your money work for you. The banking industry needs to change, and Conexus is changing it for everyone. Because Conexus cares. Visit Conexus.ca to learn more. (coughs)
1: I guess I'm thinking about it because my boy is just an emerging artist right now. And because I do work with so many emerging artists and I am seeing the struggles Hmm. of, of theater folk during these times. Are you where you wanted to be in the arts? Like, or did you, what was your goal? Did you reach it or Have you given up on it? Mm. And I I only mean this like for some people, it's like, I got to get to Stratford. And then you go, no, I don't want to. I'm not at Stratford, but I'm over here in Prince George or whatever. Um, Or you start, you train as an actor and then you find out you're a brilliant stage manager. And you end up doing that when you thought, you know, so um, lots of people who become really good at arts admin, but never wanted to be there. They wanted to be on the stage, but they have that. Mm -hmm. So that's my question. Are yeah. you doing what satisfies you right now? Uh, are you where you wanted to be by now?
0: Yeah. Um, yes and no. Uh, both, you know, um, because I think um, um, like I uh, theater school beat the shit out of me. Um where did you go? MRU? I, I, no, I went to UVic um oh okay and uh it beat the shit out of me and it just it made me uh it made me hate theater um Ah. by the time I got out of it I was so sick of being around theater people I was so sick of theater itself I was so sick of the thought of being on stage ever again I just wanted nothing to do with it and um and so I started developing all these other dreams and aspirations of, of of poetry and and of and of other kinds of Great adventures, you know? Um but the problem with theater is it's like heroin. It's like <laughs> it's like it's like once you've got that hit of like being in front of a crowd
1: who's listening I to I can't you, quit you.
0: Ooh, like it just it's just not it's just not happening. You can't get it out of your system, you know? Yeah. And so um I Uh, I'm really grateful that I get to do the work that I get to do. Um, I, I, I love, I love that my office is theater, right? You know, I loved, loved working as a front of house manager, loved working as a box office manager, especially because it's like literally your office is the theater, and so you get to show up and you get to make it nice, and you know. But um, but I still do want to be like I want to keep doing this, but I do still want to perform, and I do still want to be doing that kind of stuff, and and and. Um, I'm happy to have all that stuff on a hold in, in one sense, in that, you know, tough shit, it's a pandemic, but at at the same time too, um, I'm not remotely where I thought I would be Um, because, you know, when I, when I set out to first go to theater school in general, I thought, you know, I'm going to become an actor and that's what I'm going to do. And I'm just going to be a performer and it's going to rule. And then I realized I'm a Canadian theater actor and that's just not, in the cards for anyone unless you're Paul Gross I don't know um and so it's just like not happening right um which is okay like like uh, you know it's it's a disappointment in one sense because like you have all those dreams as a kid of like you know your name and marquees or like you know going on tour or whatever it might be Broadway yada yada you know um But at the same time too, it's not a disappointment because I like where I am at and I like the art that I've done, right? Exactly. You know, it's a a matter of like, it's a matter of finding that balance between like, you know, still maintaining, not like, not necessarily like the same dream, but that to me, what it's become now is, uh, for me, the dream is just to be able to keep being creative, right? Is just to be able to maintain a creative life and to be able to eat, And sleep comfortably and you know have have clothes on my back and still be able to be creative every day that's that's more important i don't need you know i don't i i don't i don't particularly want to be like uh like when i was a kid it used to be like you've got to be a celebrity to be a success right you've got to be a movie star to be a success and i don't i don't particularly want any form of like wide-scale fame because i think that especially nowadays i think that the the social contract of fame isn't worth it. I don't think the trade-offs are, are worth the, the the downsides, you know? Um, uh, so I wouldn't particularly want that, um, that kind of life, but I would, yeah, like I say, I'd still like to just, I just like to continue to be creative and still be able to eat, <laughs> which, which I, I don't, I don't know. Like right now I'm lucky enough to be able to say I can because, you know, I'm the, I'm the uh, creative administrator at, at, at the Saskatchewan Playwright Centre. And so like, I'm really lucky to, to have a, creative administrative job you know um so it's a bit of both but uh long term yeah that's a tough one too right because then it's like that's where I'm at right now and I try my best not to live too far in the future because it's sort of useless because the fuck knows what's coming you know
1: I love that we have other things we can do yes right like I love um that's the one thing holy cow have I learned over the last 16 months is I am not my job like I, I have an identity that isn't just trying to get work.
0: <laughs> That's just it. Right. That's exactly yeah. it. Right. You know? And yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, you know, yeah, it's that thing of like, it's just that finding that balance of just being satisfied, you know? And, and so on the flip side too, like, so to, to sort of like wrap this question up, cause I feel like I'm long windedly going off, but it's like, the other part of it is like, you know, the dreams that I adapted, right. Where I was like, okay, I'm not going to be an actor. Cool. I'm going to you know be a poet. And, and then I, my problem is that I'm constantly latching on to performers and inspirations who are far more successful than I have the, uh, not capacity, but it's like, than I, then I um, I don't know what the right word for it is, but it's like, they, they're more successful than I'm able to manifest, you know? And so it's like, um, I then feel disappointed when I don't hit their milestones. Uh, and I think that that's something that happens a lot to a lot of people is they think right you know of
1: course right
0: they think you know you know if my first movie isn't Citizen Kane then I'm not a good director or if my first if my first if my first album isn't you know whatever the fuck debut album then I'm a bad musician and all those kinds of things and so I've had to really come to peace with that where it's like you know I have published two collections of poetry for myself and I'm not like a renowned poet, but who gives a fuck? Because I'm published. You're a published published. poet. Yeah. So it's yeah. So it's that it's that finding that balance between like that like um that that culture of you're only good based on how much money you make. Right. Oh, uh, you right. Cause that's what all this no. is, right. Is you're only the best poet if you've sold the most books. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking well, about? And
1: I am married to a man who calls himself like literally in his business calls himself the screaming capitalist. He's a financial planner. So for him, that's like, totally you're, you're going to go do a day on set for $250. Karen, what are you doing? You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, well, yeah, no, I get that. And it's funny, but what's great is he used to be an actor. So he gets my, passion and Mm -hmm. obsession with the creative arts. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he also teaches me how to save the money I don't make. So it's
0: (laughs) well, that's the other fun part is that it's like, you know, I, yeah, they always, you always see it on social media and stuff where they're like, you know, the best way to like deal with anxiety is like meditate and be cool and be calm. And it's like, no, I just need to get paid so that I can (laughs) fucking survive. You know, what's going to be good for my generation's mental health fucking
1: pay us you know jesus christ i heard on cbc radio the other day some i want to go back and find it in the archives because this wonderful woman was talking about a book she wrote called adulting is hard get over it or something i can't remember Mm -hmm. but what she said is when minimum wage was first created after the Mm -hmm. depression that minimum wage was meant to support a man a wife and a child exactly And now it was minimum for a
0: family. Yeah. If, if, if you're lucky, if you're lucky, it's that thing. I read this thing the other day where, you know, somebody kind of, it was like a tweet story or something like that, where they were like, yeah, my, my aunt was talking about how in the sixties, she bought a starter home for $50,000 and now it's worth 500. And why don't you just buy a starter home for 50,000? And and, and, and the work, <laughs> the work it takes to explain that there are no starter homes anymore because those yeah. starter homes are now $500,000, you oh, know, yeah. <laughs>
1: you know, so like, it's like, oh.
0: yeah, you know, like, yeah. because for some reason, we no longer want people to have homes and careers, and we just want yeah. them to be debt factories, right? You know, I want the, to buy honestly, this
1: book so I can give it to my son and my niece and go, it's okay. Other people understand how hard it is right now. For yeah, me. yeah, you know? like, we get it. We get that it's different <sighs> world.
0: Yeah. Well, that's just it, right? Is that it's just like it's a different, you know, and like, and and that's that, that doubles back to why I i don't think creative people should do things like go to university and stuff because I think that that puts them in an insurmountable death uh-huh. hole that yeah. isn't actually as useful as they're being told that it is, right? You know, the whole get a degree to fall back on. You can't fall back. Fall back on what? So I can be the, you know, the manager of Kinko's and you can fucking hate me, you know, like, <laughs> right? Like, you know, but. <laughs> You know, so you can shit on me for being the man you know, the assistant manager okay. of McDonald's, right? Like
1: really quick, three Joe jobs you did that weren't creative.
0: I was a dishwasher, I was a phone salesman, and then I was a gas I was a gas gas monkey, gas pump gas gas
1: pump, pump jockey. Yeah, nice.
0: yeah. Also actually my favorite job of all time, I was a custodian at the Tuscany Club community center, and I used to drive the Zamboni in the winter time. Yeah, yeah. See?
1: That's that was a great. fun
0: job. That was a fun job. I used to, Yeah, to this day, I call myself a retired Zamboni driver. <laughs>
1: That's the byline of your autobiography, the bracket. Exactly,
0: exactly, <laughs> right, yeah. You know, this whole show was really, uh, well, I mean- as I've said on the show before, you know, it was kind of started as a joke initially, right? It was just a way yeah, to sort such of... Such
1: a good concept. Well, such and thank concept.
0: thank you. I really appreciate it. But, you know, it's like when I started it, I was like, I just want to start a podcast and this is an easy way to get guests on. But it's really, especially in the last year and a half, it's really grown into much more of an exploration of like, what even is a friend? What does it mean to be a friend, right? And yeah. and like, have I been one, you know? Like, and, and how do you answer that? Um, so... To sort of round out the show, um, let's get real heady with it. And I'd like to ask you, (laughs) and I want to ask you a a bit of a a double header, a little two-parter of, to you, what does it mean to be a good friend? And then as a bit of a follow-up with that, what do you think it takes in this world of ours to be a good friend?
1: Uh... Okay, I'm going to back up and just talk about the definition of friends because you and I consider ourselves friends, Mm -hmm. although we don't have a gigantic history with each other, but we are humans who respect each other that exist together in the same world and have our paths cross and we have some of the same interests. And so for me, I prefer to think of you as a friend rather than somebody I know from the theater or an acquaintance, right? Because if you were an asshole, I wouldn't want to hang out with you. And the opposite of asshole is friend. That's what I've decided. That's my I question. I love it. Um, the For me, over the last number of years, and I have the benefit of being mid fifties and giving way less shits about what people think anymore, although I still do sometimes. But <laughs> for me, it's um, if you talk to me the same way you talk about me. So if you and... If you leave a conversation with me and then go talk about me. What's that thing that came across Facebook which was live your life so that you wouldn't mind selling your talking parrot to the neighbor or something like that? <laughs> That's such a good like, one. It's a, to me it's just about uh, uh, Kevin's step Kevin's mum, my husband's late mother used to say she had the phrase. And the phrase was, "Oh really?" And I've tried to make my life about, oh, really? Because there's so many disagreements in life. And you think this religion, and you think this world, and you think this rule. And I would say, well, I'm not going to stop breastfeeding my kid till four months. That's when he gets pablum, which was totally different than what she did. And she went, oh, really? And (laughs) you could tell inside. She was like, that's not how I want you to do it. But she'd always say, oh, really? So for me, it's like, if you have a differing opinion... Or we don't agree on something oh really is a way that bridges like that can help us be friends or maintain mm-hmm. a friendship mm-hmm. if we don't like anything but uh I've had too many experiences where I've come across someone who said somebody told me this about you and it was private or it was derogatory or
0: mm-hmm.
1: or it was a story that was not that person's to tell right yeah. so for me it's that It's 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 not so much would I tell you my deepest darkest secrets. It's more like, if you found out my deepest darkest secrets, would you leave them for me to deal with? Would you leave them for me to tell? Yeah. So, so oh, if, that's beautiful. Yeah. If you're if you're talking smack, I mean, it's a general thing that people need to bitch about or whatever they go. Oh my gosh, sure. I've got this friend who says that blah blah blah. Sure. I, I, I'm okay. i I like i don't mind generalities if you can be vague i suppose (laughs) because everyone needs that that's an urge to complain or whatever but um i don't know how many times in the calgary theater community i've heard did you hear what happened to name
0: Uh uh-huh
1: and my answer over the last 10 years has been do i need to (laughs) or do i want to yeah. Like is this something that's gonna help my relationship with that person or hinder it? Yeah. And also it just reminds the person saying it to me is is it your story to tell? Yeah. Right. So that's- there's also a
0: there's a reductive statement of talk shit, get hit.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean it- here I am generally talking shit about people who talk shit, but in a general way, sure. if you're going to walk up to someone and say, I heard this about Karen Johnson Diamond. Don't tell mm. anybody because mm. it's bad. I can't feel a friendship.
0: Honestly, that's been a big one for me, and I don't know if that is a theater community thing or if that's a people community thing. God, it's so a many of my friends. Yeah, okay. So, because so many of my friends are theater people, and there, I feel this duplicity sometimes, and I feel this like like. And, and I, I've talked about this quite a bit in the show and I, and I continue to and I talk about it openly for this reason is that it's like, I kind of want to shed a light on it is that like, moving to a new city as many times as I and Jenica both have makes it really hard to meet new theater people sure. because you never know who you can trust because there's all these, know. these baked in politics and baked in Ooh, did you hear about so and so and oh well they said this and oh they told me this and 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 everybody trying to jockey for position and and it's all interrelated right because it's like it's it's people trying to create inflated fame in their network it's also people who are thinking that they need to position themselves above you in order to get the very limited jobs like there's lots of stuff going on around it but it all boils down to like my inability to trust people because they very quickly demonstrate that they're untrustworthy, you know, and, and.
1: When I moved to Calgary, I knew nobody except Barb Gates Wilson and my husband and my husband Mm. was best friends with Chris Hunt and Chris Hunt in Calgary is a really popular, well respected actor. And the very first thing that happened is I got called to an audition at Lunchbox uh, hilariously, but Mm. years and years and years ago. And my audition partner, pulled out like we were supposed to be in pairs and the artistic director said I got to cancel your audition I don't have a partner unless your husband will come with you and I went he can't he's working but I phoned Chris Hunt and said will you come do this audition with me Chris was like yeah totally there was nothing in it for him he wasn't up for the role he was just doing it as a favor for me and then he put my name forward to somebody about something I can't remember and since then it's been like that's how that's who I want to be to the theater community i want them to know that if they move to calgary that i would like to introduce them to people and 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 make connections for them yeah um so that we can all be friends
0: (laughs) man well and it's like i mean i love that so much because it's like it's not it's not a big enough network i I don't like those whole like if you should victoria they smell it in halifax like i don't like because i find that to be a threat and i don't like it to be threatening but what i but what i appreciate about the sentiment is that it's like it's too small a place for us to be mean. Like, it's not worth being mean because it's like, we're already struggling enough, you know? We're already having a hard enough time as it is with as few jobs as there are. Like, we need to be much more diligent in building each other up and realizing that, like, when somebody's successful, you're not losing anything, right? You know, you you have lost nothing because someone else was successful. In fact, their success could potentially build for you to be a success down the line because whatever who the fuck knows right you know so it's like it's just not worth tearing people down right
1: i you know this about me i'm an improviser i've been improvising for 30 years and there's a theory and improv not theory a guideline in theater and improv which is um make your partner look good Mm -hmm. if you're on stage and you're worried about how you look and what you're going to say and just see what they need just just follow their guidance, just accept yeah. what they'd like to say, just make them look awesome. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Is that a great way to live your life? It's yeah. a, if we'd all been doing that during the pandemic, like, what do you need? Not what do I need Yeah. or how do I feel? It's what do you need? And what can I do for you right yeah. now? And, is, and isn't that what the have heart- made things so much better.
0: And isn't that the heart, like that's the heart of yes and like everybody knows yes and, but it's, but they don't even, but they don't understand what that means is you accepting the other person's offer yeah. and then building on it. Right? Yeah, you give, you know? they
1: gave you a gift of an idea and you add something to their gift. And so, exactly. yeah, if what it takes to be a friend is to uh, accept my gifts, but also gift me back. How about that?
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that improv because that's also a, a thing in pro wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> It's a whole thing about like the whole point about building to a match is you don't, you want to make your opponent look as good as possible because if you, if you don't sell his moves or if you don't like show him as a threat, if you're like, Oh, you're a weak guy, I'm going to beat you so easy. And then you beat him. Who cares? Who but cares? if you if you say, Oh my god, you're the scariest guy alive, I'm gonna have such a hard time beating you, this is gonna be incredible, you're such a good fighter, you're so tough, and then when he fights you, you take all his moves and you're like, Oh my god, you're so strong, this is so tough, and then you win. Yeah. Now you're the champion, right? You know, now it's, you've actually overcome something, right? And you also and so,
1: he let you win because well, that's part of the show. It's, it's the dance, right? It's, you know, it's the let you win. What do you yeah. need? What do I need? How can we make each other look great? That's and then you friendship. all win right Yeah. You know? and then yeah yeah
0: karen oh man you are fabulous Aww. um this hey. is this has just been wonderful you know i i you know you 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 did mention it and 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 i hate to like reiterate it like it's some big thing but it's like you're right like we don't have this like history of friendship and we don't have these like years to draw from yeah, but exactly. what's but what's magic about you as as who i consider a friend is that it doesn't feel like that's ever been needed you know it, it feels like exactly we met each other and i adored you and i always have and 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 you know and i just yeah you know you know seeing the work you're doing and and obviously it's you know not in person but what is and and, <laughs> and it's just like it's so inspirational and it's so it's just so wonderful to see you and and the joy you bring to the world. And we the, share and like the same work, loves you know. and the same
1: community, and and I'm thrilled that you're in my world, even what? though you're about to separate me from part of your world. But that's
0: well, fine. it's only one chunk. We still got exactly. other stuff, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll find each other. On now Instagram, that I found your podcast,
1: I, I listened to Kelsey and I listened to yeah. Dave Smith and oh, I listened to Jeffrey. Stuff. Like I just, yeah. I'm really in love with it now. Yeah, it's thank great. Thank
0: you, thank you. Yeah. Well. You're going to be on it, but you're not going to be on it until we do one last thing, and that is, okay, here we go, Karen Johnson-Diamond, we are no longer Facebook friends.
1: Oh, uh, I felt that. (laughs)
0: That's it. Thank you once more to Karen for coming on the show. Be sure to check out both her shows. They are in the show notes, so give them both a listen. And while you're clicking around on the show notes, be sure to sign up for the monthly newsletter over at friendlesspod.com. So once a month, you're going to get a reading list, article suggestions, and exclusive writing from your main internet crush, me. Give Friendless a follow on all the social medias at FriendlessPod. And if you could do me the eternal solid of liking any posts you see, sharing them if you can, and giving the show a five-star review. It helps me so much in growing the audience for the show. But that's it for me. So why don't we just leave it there? I hope you come back next week for my very special 100th episode. I'm so excited. I have an awesome guest on the show, a friend of mine who I've been wanting to reconnect with for a long time. And I really think you're not going to want to miss this one. But that's next week. So let's not worry about that. Because that is then, and this is now. So for now, I'll just say I love you, and I hope you have a great week. Fun and safety, sweeties.